heart of Wellington, Kansas, Powder and String Outfitters is your down-home, one-stop shop for all things shooting sports and outdoors. Welcome to the Powder and String Podcast. I would like to welcome everybody back to the Powder and String Podcast. I'm your host, Kip Etter. I'm in the uh, Powder and String studio in downtown Wellington, Kansas, and I am joined today by Ev Terrell with Code of Silence Camo Company. And uh, Ev, I greatly appreciate you being on here, man. Looking forward to sitting here and talking about hunting and and deer and all things in between and uh, see where this thing might take us. I appreciate that, Kip. It's that time of year, you know. I mean, I think uh, it's just we all we all like all times of the year, but there's something about November 9th, I guess it is today, that in this first week and a couple weeks in November, I was in a tree all last week, and the deer were pretty slow, but, I mean, there's nothing like the scrapes and rubs. and Yeah, we had else. a lot of our I mean, I love it all. I hunt antelope and elk and do a lot of armor calling and upland birds and waterfowl and everything in between i just had a moose tag this year actually in idaho so i'm, I'm pretty lucky oh, to be out but something about whitetail in november is really cool that's awesome let's definitely let's definitely circle and talk about that for sure but yeah, yeah. we uh we had one of our pro staffers shot a uh it was a cool cool killer uh eight pointer mainframe eight pointer was actually a, a 10 pointer and um he uh that thing had main beams that came all the way across to the uh I'm going to shut my phone off, but came all the way across and they, they basically touched in the front. So yeah, it was, awesome. uh, yeah, it was, it's, it's a cool deer. And, um, but yeah, they're, they're starting to cruise today. This morning I was, I uh, had to make a quick trip, um, up to, uh, Wichita and the whole way, um, you know, got my neck on a, my head on a swivel. Oh yeah. Yeah. oh yeah. 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 Trying to see what, what was cruising, you know, just, just looking at it for sure. So hey, where are you located at exactly? So I'm in Sydney, Nebraska. Um, and I would kind of, I guess, foreshadow probably what we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, you know, I, I spent 30 years at Cabela's. Uh, yeah. Most of those 30 years I ran the hunting clothing area for, for them corporately. Um, and I haven't left. I, I left before, I think everybody knows Bass Pro bought Cabela's. Um, in 2017, yeah. I think it was. And, and I left right before that. Um, but I had kids in high school and wasn't ready to just pull them out and, and take off. And they've since right. graduated and they're off in college. And, but I haven't left part of it because they started this business and, yeah, and, um, it's just, it's been right to stay and we love it here. It's, it's great. Yeah. It's, I've, um, I've never been up there, but I've heard it's a great city and I've, I've yeah. heard that Cabela's has a lot to do with, with, you know, that, you know, making it as cool as it is just because I, it's my understanding they're the biggest uh, or they were the biggest employer in the community. Is that oh, correct? Oh yeah, by far. Yeah. They were the Is town. it still that and way I, somewhat or has the, has the change of ownership? It's changed a lot. Yeah. It's, it's funny though, Kip, because I, I saw Sydney when Cabela and I moved here in 87. I'm yeah. kind of dating myself a little bit. Right? Back in 87. Um, yeah. That was back but, when, uh, before. You know, so I saw, Sydney, when Cabela's wasn't that big giant employer that they were, you know, in the yeah. after, uh, you know, in 2010 kind of era. And uh, it feels it's kind of gone back to that now. You know, it, it yeah. feels um, there's a lot of history here. There's a lot of, you know, leftover Cabela people that I know and my network right. is, is still here to some degree. But 
Yeah. I know a lot more hunting spots than I than I did when I came out here. I know that much. Well, I would imagine they probably freed up some from the pressure a little it, bit. It definitely <laughs> has. I, I was out pheasant hunting last year and I was just shocked. I mean, that all the spots that it was like, oh, that's Bob's spot and that's Jim's spot or whatever, right. you know. The spots are all open now. I can beat on a door and get off pheasant hunting by anywhere yeah. I want. So yeah, yeah, and that that merger, um, you know, I I'm obviously I, I'm an outdoorsman all the way around fish do all of that but i've always said for me the way i took it that merger was that if you were a fisherman then it was beneficial and if you were a hunter then it wasn't as beneficial it just seemed to me like you know cabela's was you know it was that they both were definitely all outdoor stores but it seemed right. like cabela's was a much especially even with all of their um you know hunting apparel and and, and gear and stuff i mean it was you know this stuff. I I I would wear that stuff all the time. Still, still oh, yeah. have some of it. Yeah, yeah. And, we were, and, then uh, when, and still are. I mean, I say we. I, I have a hard time not saying we. You know, I spent thirty. Yeah, when years you've done something for so long. I still say we, and um, you know, they're, they're a great outfit. Continue to be, but you know, the Cabela's brand in a, in a lot of different categories, not just hunting wear. Uh, I think hunting wear, particularly though, we were a you know a brand. You thought of Cabela's as a as you thought of a browning, I see your shirt on, you know, and, and, yeah. uh, or, um, you know, one of the major brands and, and, right. uh, that was, that was cool. You know, I got to do that. That was on my kind of grew under my watch and with my team, it wasn't me, it was my team. And, um, right. it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun. So in fact, I still yeah. saw Jim not to get off on tangents. I just saw Jim Cabela about 10 days ago. I went to his, um, 85th i think birthday 85th or 86th birthday party and, and wasn't there two brothers there was two the, brothers jim and dick yeah. and, and dick passed here a few years back um, okay and so jim is jim is still around and he hasn't he hasn't changed much he's still, still so jim and, the two brothers started it um and then obviously they sold it um Whenever, you know, that's, that's, that's capitalism. That's America. And, you know, that's yep. awesome. That's yep. the success that, you know, people dream yep. of. And were they originally there from, from, uh, Sydney? Very or close you know? by Kip, yeah. uh, a little town called Chapel, Nebraska, about 25 miles east of here. Actually, their, their dad, uh, father ran a, a furniture store down there. In fact, it's still active. Uh, some of the other family members own it and, and run it, but they would go to these shows because of their dad's furniture business. And they, they ran into a guy that was selling, um, trout flies. Um, yeah, that was importing them and they, you know, they ended up buying some of those and putting a small ad in the back of the magazine and selling them. I think they were five flies for, a um, for a dollar originally. And that didn't go very good. And they were trying to get rid of their flies and they, they ran another ad to get rid of them that said five flies for are free send, you know, back then, I think that was in 61, the um, postage was a nickel or something, you know, and so they they said five flies for free, send twenty five cents for postage and handling, and they and they took off, and they were like, "Hey, we can make some money at this," and um, the rest is kind of history, I guess, as they say. That's so, just awesome. I love yeah. stories like that. I actually just listened to a short um, this week, and it was on the Dale Earnhardt podcast. Um, but it was Johnny Morris and he was talking yeah. his story about how he started in his dad's liquor store. Oh yeah. And, yeah. And it's just, I mean, you just hear that and, and 
I mean, you know, on the Pattern String podcast, we talk about, you know, shooting, hunting and outdoor and everything about it, but also just, yeah. you know, we're very patriotic as well. And I mean, only in America, only yeah, in America. That's can exactly you, right. And I I'm mean, glad you said that. It sounds so cliche, but it, it continues to inspire me, um, humble me and, and just be kind of, you know, I guess uh, just in awe with everything we have, you know as opportunities yeah. as Americans, you know? Yeah. It's, Especially it's awesome. if you've traveled, if anybody's ever, you know, if, if, if an individual's ever traveled outside the United States, you, 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 you can't help but see just that you had the lot you, you know, your Agreed. lottery ticket was punched when you were born. And yeah, I've had that perspective. I know I've been to, yeah, I think about 19 countries all through business. I haven't ever, you know, traveled abroad on, on pleasure. Um, but it's, it's, it's very humbling when you go and as you see, you see that contrast and, yeah, even um, even you know European countries that are you know that are you know you think of when you're an American until you've been there you think you know like I went on a on a, a business trip I guess it was I at one point I had a real dumb idea and, and uh, ran for political office local political office here and oh yeah wow and, and oh, it was the dumbest thing I ever did in my whole life worst <laughs> worst experience um, anyway. Uh, you know, you go in with the best of intentions and it doesn't matter what decision you make, you're going to piss off 50% of the people. So, but in that experience, right. um, there was a company that was coming in and they were located out of Germany. So we, they flew us to Germany to show us what they were talking about, you know, coming in and, and, uh, we flew into the German, the, Ber the airport in Berlin. And I remember getting okay. off the plane and I was just like, man, this is, this is Germany. Like it was eerily spooky. Um, I had been to Mexico before and I was thinking this airport's not even nearly as nice yeah. and up to speed as what, what, you know, I experienced in Mexico or other countries. And then come to find out, we started talking to the people that we met with and they said, well, you know, really long story, but basically that was the West Berlin airport from prior to the fall of, you know, communism. And they were still building the new airport. And they said that um, three times they've basically torn it down and started back over because a new political par party gets in and, you know, then, oh, that was done wrong. And then their family gets in, you know, and you think that you have, you know, like in here, you know, we're so polarized currently with with politics and and you think it's bad here. But then you go over and you see a perspective of what it's like yeah, in other exactly. countries and you're like, eh, yeah, you know what? Maybe it's not. I mean, we've got our issues, but maybe it's not as bad as what exactly as what yeah. you think. So. We got but, amazingly, amazingly good, you know. Yeah, really um, we do everything we possibly can to, you know, to support, you know, the military, first responders, and um, we do the just same very thing. patriotic. I, it, and it, it's, you know, not just hitting that button to hit that button, but, you know, the, the people that, that fought and, and did what they did to provide that and continue, and the people that continue to, you know, really put their lives on the line every day to make sure that is part of our culture and life going forward is, is pretty cool. And it's fun to get back. I've never been in the chance for my chair where I could do something to say thank you. And it's, you know, um, which is all the only reason we do it. We don't, you know, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm getting off the beaten path. No, you're not at all. No, I mean, um, we, yeah, we no, would, go ahead. Yep. Darren just, um, my partner Darren couldn't be here today. He's he's in Iowa. He's in a tree actually, and I'm today and but he had a call this morning. Took before he took off on a. Uh, we we run our most of our uh, uh, first responders and, and LE programs and and 
veterans programs through um, through GovX, and mm-hmm. he this this veteran was having a hard time running that system. And but anyway, he was he was ninety years old, and he was buying code of silence. And I mean, of course, you just melts your heart to have someone like that that's interested in your product and is a veteran and and um, <laughs> I mean, we just want to send them free stuff and you just want to do the right thing. It's just cool. It's just, yeah. Um, trying to yeah, capture can... that, that, that era of people, you know, that saw literally this lifestyle and, and all the blessings we have, you know, on a fence and could have gone either way. And, um, yeah. Yeah. It's together and made sure it didn't happen, but it's, you know, it is rewarding. And, you know, you said something when you, when it did, that was resonated with me. Um, I don't know whether I call it blessed or ignorant, but my whole life, uh, my adult life, if you will, I've been self-employed in one, one way or the other. Um, uh, I think since I was 23 years old, I've owned my own business. Um, so when you said you, the, your perspective of giving back, you know, when you're in the yeah. position you are, when you're working for somebody and you give, that's obviously rewarding and stuff like that. But I've never, it never dawned on me until you said that right there of, you know, of the experience of giving it, because that's always been my experience. And, you know, yeah. one of the things yeah. that I always think is, uh, I'll never stop giving as long as I can to first responders, um, or, um, military or kids, uh, kids programs. We do yeah. a ton with kids programs. Um, I'll never, as long as I can possibly give, I will. Um, but one thing that I always find interesting, I think is the proper word to use is, um, when you, you, we've, to the best of my knowledge, we've, we very rarely have ever, if ever have said no to that. But when you have, you know, those same individuals that'll, eh, you know, I went somewhere else to a big box store and, uh, you know, went with that company or that, you know, did that business as opposed to coming to you, you were a little bit more expensive and it's like, Okay. Like just, yeah. I, and again, I'll never, they could come back in and if it's for the kids, absolutely. No problem. We'll, yeah, we'll do exactly. it, you know, but, yeah. but yeah, so that, that, you know, you saying that kind of resonated, you know, it hit me a little bit different, but yeah, it's, it's, it's totally what it's all about, um, is, is giving back and, uh, yep, it really is. you know, in yep. so many different ways. And, and I really believe that if you do give back, that it will come back to you tenfold. And I've always, that's always more. been my experience. More. 100%. So in both ways, it kind of works both ways, I guess, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I guess I, hope it doesn't work both ways, but I think it does. You know, I, I believe in karma and, um, huge believer and karma. doing the right thing. And, it, you know, um, so yeah. it's, you know, um, I totally agree. It, it's, it, it's, it, it goes full circle. So <clears throat> let's talk about how you got from Cabela's to you've, you, you know, starting code of silence and you know, what, you know, when did you start it and how did you start? Tell us, tell us, tell us about it. Well, I'll be careful not to, you know, drag this out. I could talk a long time about a lot of different things, this topic in particular, but you would think after 30 years and, um, you know, building literally, you know, not patting myself on the back. I, it's about my team that I had there, but I mean, we literally probably introduced more and sold more hunting clothing than anyone else has in the world ever, you know, I mean, you spend 30 years there and come out with five or 600 styles. You start to add that up. I mean, there's tens of thousands of styles of clothing I've built and been around and sold. And you'd think that'd be like enough. And, um, but at the end of the day, it's a really, 
you know, necessity is the mother of invention. I believe that. And mm-hmm. as a avid hunter, I mean, I, couple, couple things sort of little light went off a little bit to, to say there, there's a, there is a need here. Um, one particular deer, which I won't talk about right now. I could talk too long about this one particular deer that was crazy intelligent and crazy hard to get close to. And I was climbing in my trees. I mean, literally sitting 30 foot up and hiding on the backside of trees, you know, to use the, the tree for cover of my stand, you know, basically mm-hmm. having to hide my quote camel clothes, camel clothes. And just said, really, I got a $800 set of clothing on and, and I'm, and I can't get a deer to close. And I'm not talking about stands. I've sat in 30 times. I'm talking about hanging and hunting. And I, I just, did not honestly feel that there was a complete system um, that covered kind of my big three, concealment, quietness, and thermal efficiency in a, in a total manner that was, that was what we call an enabler kit. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I'll be careful not to say too much here or talk on and on, but. You can, you can go as long I, as you want. That's what I want to hear about I fish, it. I fish mm-hmm. tournaments a lot and. And I, I have a G Loomis 1999 GTX best rod that Gary ever put together. And if I'm fishing a tournament and I leap and I forget that rod at home, I, I'm going home for it. You know, it's that, you know, I think if you're a golfer and you have that putter, that's just the Caddyshack Billy Barule, you know, um, right. you're, you're going home for it. And I, that context never, I, it just has never played out in clothing. I mean, I don't think I've seen a set of clothes. Yeah, we might have something that we like that's a little warm or this one's a little quiet or you like the camel on this one or the way that fits. But there was never been a system of, of hunting clothing for the whitetail bow hunter particularly where, again, if you and I were going out hunting and fishing and or going out hunting and I said, oh, shit, I forgot my coat of silence clothing. You saw I got a set that will fit you in the back where you were going, where I was going to go home for my clothes and Mm -hmm. where where I felt that passion about the benefit it provided. And that was really the context we went under. And so we have to create a a more comprehensive system that, that delivers on all aspects of those, particularly the big three, you know, concealment, quietness and, and thermal efficiency. And that was the grounds for doing it. Um, It it didn't, your other question of, you know, when did you start? It really took, we launched last year, just over a year ago, October of last year. It took about three years to put it together. It's our own camouflage, our own fabrics, our own designs. Um, it's trying to work two jobs and make it work. I finally just cut the cord about 18 months ago and yeah. said I'm never going to get it to the level it needs to be to be successful if I'm not doing it full time. And um, So that's what we did, and, and here we are. Yeah, so... You left Cabela's in 2017, you said? I did, yeah. Yeah, in 2017. I did a couple different things. You know, right out, I had some great network. Uh, I, I've always been successful because of network, you know, and I can try to tell we're going to be a network kit, whether you like it or not. And Yeah. Um, I, you know, and That's what it's all about, it's networking. Yeah, and I, I've always been successful in that. So I had some great, great friends in the industry that, you know, kind of went and kind of helped them try to get some stuff going and, um, put product together and I love the development side of products, whether it's backpacks or clothing or footwear, or I'm actually working on some really cool blind con, uh, hunting blind concepts. I think are 
Oh, incredible. Uh, incredible. And, but anyway, that's exciting. That intrigued me. And then I just, I really kept going back to the fact of well, a white tail bow hunter, probably more than anything. And really thought there was a void there, Kip, that, that needed to be answered. And so, and, and really thought there was a hole in the market. I mean, you, you're, you're a businessman, you understand it. I mean, I can, I can have my own passions and my own desires and my own, you know, kind of dreams. But if there isn't a hole in the market where, you know, that'll fit where, the, where there's, you know, um, white space, I think they say in the assortment planning, it's it's a tough road to hoe and really thought there was a void in the market. There was some good clothing out there. It was really expensive. Thought there was some deficiencies in it. And so here we again, here we are. So and I'm out. Of, I'm, I'm completely curious to this. So you you obviously have the background from your experience with Cabela's of starting uh, or of, of developing and, and all of that and obviously your connections and stuff, but how do you get to where you got product on, on a, on a shelf, so to say, uh, for, for sale, like how long does that take that portion of it? Well, it's funny. I mean, you know, um, what you just described is what, you know, is referred to as development cycle. Um, and I've, I've been involved, watched Cabela's go to six months, all the way up to 18 months, back to 12, you know, it was sort of our window, our calendar we followed. Um, once you have things wired, you know, if you have a set fabric, everything's way easier, you know, Mm -hmm. um, fabric is drives almost everything. Um, but once you have a set fabric, you know, taking a garment design, with a designer drawing it out, specking out the sizes, putting the pockets where you want, specking what they call the technical side of, of garment development or any product development for that matter, zipper size, whole cords, colors, tagging, um, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it, that's fairly easy. Uh, it should take about 12 months. We were way different because number one, the cam- the camo didn't exist. We knew we wanted something different. It took us literally two and a half years to get the camel where we wanted it. And the fabrics really didn't exist. And so you you put almost eight, 12, 18 months of those lead times, you know, the, the camo and fabric in front of the garment lead times, and it added up to be three years. Yeah, but so tell question, us. Go, normally, yeah, go ahead. I would say 12 months is sort of a standard. So hit on the – com- Not to interrupt, Kip, but uh, most companies right now – if you're a hunting clothing brand, you have taken tech packets to your manufacturers on the 24 line last. You said the 24 line? What so does that mean? The 2024 line. Okay. okay. You, you delivered those to your manufacturer in July. Okay. So, and, so tell us a little bit about the fabric because I know – um, just from m- my limited experience with, with Code of Silence, um, which I've got some of your, your gear here and we're going to kind of show it on, on the camera here in just a little bit, but awesome. tell us a little bit about the, um, tell us a little bit about the, 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 um, the fabric. Well, um, I'll try to be concise here. You know, there's, there's going back to what I said about concealment being one of the big, big three. And I believe there's a missing, we believe there's a missing leg on the stool of camouflage. Camouflage has always been thought of as, as, as really pattern and color. 
Um, that's it. I mean, and we believe that light absorbance, which is the, you know, inverse of reflection is just as important. The natural environment is hundred percent organic. It's very porous. It absorbs light extremely naturally, you know, duh, naturally. Um, to take a synthetic fabric that's very flat, full of ink, and even though it looks, you know, it might look color-wise like it blends in, it is in contrast to the light reflectances that are out there. Is the principle I'm talking about might sound like it's an opinion, but it's really why you can't see a, a doe sometimes when they're walking underneath your tree until they move. It's the same principle. Um, said differently, you know, everybody everybody can relate to a ghillie suit, you know, how yep. good of camouflage that is. So let's put that clear at the top of the spectrum. Well, I think conventionally the rest of the world, hunting and everyone else, puts all other fabrics, everything else that anything that's a product's ever been made out of in a bucket clear at the bottom and sort of pretends like there's nothing in between conventional fabrics in a ghillie suit, and that's baloney. Mm -hmm. The difference is that light reflectance absorbance spectrum I'm talking about. And where I'm going with this is that's why it took so so long to develop the fabrics. These are jacquard knit, J-A-C-Q-U-A-R-D, which is a fancy term for kind of how grandma used to knit sweaters, you know, where you see the, the color, you have one color of yarn, it's a brown or black, and it becomes a particular component in the in the fabric. Mm -hmm. I didn't invent this. Um, it's been around forever. I'm dating myself again. There's a guy named Bob Fratsky that invented a, it came off a line called Winona um, Hunting Systems in the late, mid-80s, I want to say. Um, King of the Mountain, wool kind of embodies the same thing. And we just don't think it was ever, you know, probably... Um, I don't want to use the word commercialized, but really mainstreamed into into hunting technologies as a light absorbing technology. I think it was they just did it because it was quiet or it was that was the way they made wool. I think they missed the boat of 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 the light absorbing properties of that. And it, as much as it's, it sounds technical, it's it's really simply just non synthetic. It's non bad. It's the way you don't have to print. You can uh, you can actually knit the pattern in, and probably said more plainly and simply and and commonly, you know, it's dull and natural. It's extremely dull and natural. And if you want to look dull and natural, sorry to be Yogi Berra, but be dull, dull and natural, you know. And um, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, and I mean, and again, full disclosure to the listeners out there, you and I, this is the first time we've ever talked. Yep. We don't have any kind of a history before this. Nope. And you have sent me um, some of your your uh, camouflage. Yep. And you're going to see here in just a second that I it's literally still sitting in the box in the sack. So I I all I've done is open the box and and glanced in there to see what it was. Um. But it's funny that you you talking about. I just had this conversation. I think it was this week, it was definitely in the last two weeks about, and it's not one that we've had just once, every hunter out there's had it where it's like, you see yeah. a deer and you're just, you're dumbfounded at how difficult it is to see that yeah. deer. And it's just one color, you know, or you exactly. see, 
you know, it's not like a pheasant and, you know, again, pheasants, they blend in or, you know, or, you know, coyotes. I mean, but it's, they're just, as long as they don't move. And, um, you know, I had my father-in-law, um, in to go hunting about three weeks ago. And, um, he, he, he commented on how he was amazed. He's, he's hunted before, but hasn't for years. Um, and so we went out whitetail hunting uh, archery and, he was amazed at how much I could pick up and see a deer, you know, and just because we're hunters, we see that and we know what we're looking for. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. he, you know, I was like, well, you just, you got to, you, you know, they blend in so well, you just, you got to look for straight lines and you got to look for, you know, just kind of abnormal, something that looks yeah. abnormal um, because they blend in so much, but it's, um, I can honestly say, I don't think I ever really truly connected the dots of, uh, natural to synthetic. And I, I mean, I 100% would think that that makes complete sense. Well, it's, it's interesting. And I, you know, I probably sound like, you know, I really studied this and really, you know, had it all perfected and, and we had general ideas, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. really, I'm probably being too humble here and, and not crediting ourselves enough, but, you know, we really wanted to come up with something quiet. We knew the absorbance was good. I don't know if we knew how good it was going to be. I've, and again, I'm, this is, I'm not gonna make this an infomercial. And I, um, it's not just me. I, I just had a guy in yesterday and he said, and he killed mule deer on the ground and the stuff the other day. And he was like, what? And I told him a story. I said, you wait till you kind of understand how critters react to this. I said, it is a little bit like the, again, I'm such a movie buff, you know, the, the predator, you know, mm-hmm. when he covers himself in mud on accident and, and the predator can't see him, he says, he can't see me, you know, or however, and my Arnold Schwarzenegger's not very good, but right. um, it's a little bit like that. And I was telling this guy this and I'm, and I think he's going, yeah, right. You know, you're trying to sell stuff and you're calling your own number, dude. And, and he came back to the meal there. It happened to him twice. This is a guy local. He's killed two by 180 giant meal there. We don't have your, your, we don't have Kansas meal there, but we got nice ones. And, and he was like, Ev, I had these does literally see me and feed into me. And like, I wasn't even there. And I'm like, I know. I, that's pretty said, impressive. I wish I could tell you, you know, I turned all these knob specifically to make that happen the, i think we used the great and powerful oz and did the best we can and and uh the less sort of the rest sort of worked out but we kind of out kicked our coverage on we didn't come out and say hey we're gonna we're gonna redefine camo we said we're gonna we're gonna make the best concealment we can um and there's there's a lot more going on there than we originally int- intended i'll say that so yeah so you went at it with the intent of of concealment being a priority. We did. we did. Oh yeah. I wanted the best concealment. I'll talk, I think we'll probably talk here in a minute a little bit about the camo, the pattern of itself. When we were talking about the texture and the light absorbance, the pattern in itself is, is a different story. Um, yeah. So ask me yeah. about the camo kit. Yeah. Let's, I'm going to grab it. Go, you go ahead and tell us about the camo. I'm going to reach down here. And, uh, well, we, you know, again, being at Kabbalah has been around camo my whole life. Um, has, you know, sold hundreds and hundreds of different camos, um, developed dozens of camos. But to my knowledge, you know, the camos to date have really sort of, most of them are art. 
Um, you know, guy puts a leaf here, a branch there, this level of detail. You know, they might use digital or a computer program or something, which is great. Uh, we really wanted to be objective and take the opinions out of it. So we did a, a survey. This is tree stand specific. So we did a survey of um, of hunters across the country and came out with an average tree stand height of 14.8 feet. Okay. Um, and so then you put a six-foot person, average person in that tree stand height. Go ahead and jump to you, the you get to 17.8 feet. Um. And so we went to that 17.8 foot mark across the country in five of the most common trees we could find and looked at the branch uh, density and um, size at that 18 foot mark. And that drove the element dynamics and composition in the pattern. I'll be the first to admit that some of those trees we sampled, I'm a, I have a biology background, so I did a, a scientifically proper point plot method. So I didn't go, oh, use that tree, use that one. Did a point plot method to go find the tree that was closest to that point in a random plot. And some of those trees are telephone poles. They don't have any branches till you get 35 feet up. And mm -hmm. uh, some of them have so many, they're like your dream apple tree, climbing tree when you were a kid that have more branches than you could imagine. And so there's, there's a variety, but we wanted this to be objective and neutral to you know, the, the trees and the environment people were hunting in, not Ev's opinion. And so it's called S18, which stands for stand 18 kit. Okay. Um, and um, it, again, it's a different approach to camo and um, we're kind of proud of that process and, and the results. So <clears throat> I've got for the listeners and then for those that are watching us, you know, on YouTube and have video um, here's the, uh, you want to jump to that other camera angle right here, the, the main camera, and I'll kind of show, give them a, here's the, this is the beanie cap. Uh, That's it. Vertigree. Is that the vertigree cap? Yep. It's the vertigree. Yep. Good. Yep. So this is the vertigree cap. Um, it's a beanie, standard beanie. And um, obviously the camo pattern is universal. And um, is. this is the, uh, <clears throat> the, I guess, parka, would it be? What's the, the. I think you have a zone yeah, seven. I think zone seven dialed in parka. Yep. Oh, you Zones. have the dialed in? Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Zone seven. That's our, new, that's our new product for this season. I'm really proud of that coat. Um, I want you to check out. I actually have that same coat right here. It's yeah. going to sound to the listeners like we planned this. We did not. I promise. I, no. I never we, met we, Kip or talked to him or seen him. This is the first. Yeah. Ago. Yeah. Um, this is that pocket that's on that coat, Kip. But yeah. And again, the, I'm and, not. Yeah. It says holds in, on the back. in here. You can tell we spent a little time in some trees, but that little cuff that's on that pocket, but pocket is yeah one of the it's a metaphor for kind of the little things that are big that are our big things um, well as somebody who has always shot a wrist release i i for lack of better terms pigeonhole myself into a wrist release for the very reason of i i try to take my hunting to i'm gonna and and compare it to similar to business i'm gonna take away yeah. as many of the variables that I can possibly have a failure yep. point in. Indeed. And I know me, I'm a fidgeter. I get up there in the stand and sometimes I can't sit still or I'm cold. I'm going to drop my darn, you know, release. Yep. So this pocket right here would resolve that because 
or help resolve that um, because it. yeah yeah I mean it was built for I'm, warmth I mean you know you throw two hand charcoal hand warmers inside of there or even if you don't I mean just the 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 heat retention because of yeah. that flange it's, around your wrist yeah it's got a flange so basically day. I mean yeah for the listeners I mean it's got a flange it fits tight around my wrist and and if I'm being honest I've I've got a tendency to have kind of smaller hands it looks I mean it fits my hand fits in there great and if it had a bigger hand I don't think it would it would be an issue and I definitely think it's it's a perk um everything about you know like I said I'm I'm literally laying my hands on it for the first time yeah um, awesome and everything about it to this point um very quality right up there with the quality of any of the other you know high expensive well, stuff that you're going to see out there being true to our our name and and kind of our attention to quietness details and there's a lot going on in the internal this is actually a four layer coat kit um there's there's a compressed insulation layer there's a windproof layer um there's the the outer berber layer and then there's the the scent control lining but you know this cuff i mean most people you either have a big elastic cuff or you have you know a velcro cuff and velcro is off the table for us but you know it's pretty simple to and we're very you know disciplined to deliver on a total total camel story the inside of the hood is camouflage if you see which is very uh warm against your your cheeks when you need it yeah extra insulation but it's more it's important got the it's camo whether you have your hood in down or whether you have it up which is yeah. unique to our brand i've never i don't know if anyone else that does it but so you have camo past? on your wrist, you have camo on your entire entire product inside so the hood. And it's got the I've really the, been kind of disappointed, to be honest with you, Kip, and not scolding anyone, but you know, I think everybody loves camo. It's sort of our uniform we hunt in, and you know. But I, I would kind of challenge a lot of people to say, do you really believe in it? You know, when they have a black ball cap on and or a uh, you know panel construction sometimes you know even a lot of camel companies are going to solid color and um it's big giant green orange logos on the clothing that you know made sure the consumer can see the brand from 40 yards away and it's like are, are we really trying to hide or are we just trying to make sure people know you know what we have on and anyway we I kind of think I know why that is, and it's because of what I talked about. I'm not sure the reason we've gotten the results out of camo that that we should have, and I don't think we had a lot, you know, to convince ourselves that we really need to take camo super seriously. Um, and we think there is a, a performance level that is different here than has ever been, you know, sort of available for the hunter, and so we're going to take it one step further. We are going to, you know take out all the, like you just said, the weak links to uh, make sure this, there is no weak links in the camo system. Um, no, no big giant logos, no, you know, solid brown color. It might look cool. Might call attention to the fact that this is an articulated sleeve. If we put a brown panel on the inside or, but are we building camouflage or are we trying to uh, sell clothing and we're going to sell clothing through performance, not through looks. So, yeah. So I also noticed here it's got the pass through for the um for your safety line. Yes. So absolutely. And yeah. I'll tell you what, that you know, I'm not trying to age myself either, but you know, I I started hunting bow hunting 
when you made your own stands. I mean, there were I did too. There were stands yeah. that were out there, but honestly, we I remember thinking back like why in the world would you ever pay money for a stand that you could just go out and build with some two yeah, before, you know? And I'm smiling because I so many cool memories of trying to figure out how you were going to build your own stands or make, you know. Yeah, in each tree because each tree is uniquely different. And I'll tell you a yeah. funny story about that. Um, we do actually have one stand, um, and we call it the tree house and it's this monstrous oak tree. I mean, it's huge. Yeah. And this stand, the, 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 the crotch of the tree, the first crotch is, mm, it's probably 20 foot high. Um, it's, 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 it's better than 15, but it's probably 15 to 20 foot where the crotch starts. Yeah. And then, you know, there's, I think four limbs that kind of branch off of this huge, you know, oak tree. And I mean, they're, they're monstrous. They're just huge. Right. You would have been at 40 feet to put a tree stand in this thing. And it sits right on the edge of this high bank Creek. That's about probably a 10 to 15 foot drop Creek. So you'd have been at, I mean, every bit of 50 foot to the bottom of the Creek. So just, you know, the butt, the butt pucker would have been level factor would have been way up there. Yeah. Um, so, and I had my son-in-law with me, um, and he's like, and that, that was really the only place. And it was a, I mean, it was a, it was a saddle. It was a pinch point. I mean, it, and, and it's, we've had it for six or seven years and it's, it's a good spot. Yeah. Um, right. right. It's, it's 10 yards off of a, you know, off of a field, a, a field edge. I mean, everything about it is just, I mean, it's primo. We had to put, we had to build an old tree house and I had to call, you know, I mean, it's oh, yeah. an old stand and it's so big. I mean, heck we've got, we've got, I had to call the landowner and be like, Hey man. And you know, I just want to, before I go down here, you know, he's like, absolutely. That's cool. No problem. Thanks. You know, but I mean, this thing is monstrous. You could have three people stand up there and do a square dance. It's so big because we had to build it in that, in that, you know, in that crotch. And I was concerned yeah. as big as it was and how big that tree was with the movement of it. And heck it's, it's been there for four or five years and it's just awesome. We love that stand, but yeah, it's awesome. it, it was old, you know, memories of building oh, yeah. that was just, yeah. it was real cool. But, but, um, you know, safety lines were not even, wasn't even a thing, but I actually know a guy who, you know, who had the unfortunate uh, experience of, of falling out, broke his back. Uh, thank the Lord. He's, he's, you know, he's, he wasn't paralyzed, um, but it wasn't a good deal. Um, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, you got to have a safety line. And I have had those, um, you know, nice, expensive, good hunting gear that didn't have that. And boy, it just is, it just is very, um, uncomfortable and yeah, just, exactly. you know, it's not exactly yeah, so yeah. um you know uh, for again trying to explain it to the listeners out there it, you know i've never laid never i'm going to put it on here just a second no, first time so yeah. everything looks like it's thought through um with regards to this here you're, this is your dialed in parka um maybe while i'm going to put it on real quick maybe tell the listeners a little bit about you know what you have available currently right now as far as the the, the different um sure. garments yep it's funny, so I just, you know, we have a we have a series that's just under this series for, um, you know, for weather um, targets. It's called the Zone 7, and it's a three-layer. It's a little bit simpler piece. This and is the Zone 7, seven that I have, gold. Ev. This is the What's Zone that? 7. The, the, the parka that I'm putting on right now is the Zone 7. Dialed said, in. Yes, the dialed in. Says yep. dialed in. So there's a there's a regular zone seven and then there's a dialed in. Okay. So there's, All a, right. there's a jacket, a pant, and then the parka we call a dialed in parka, and the bib is a dialed in bib. We try to be as confusing as we possibly can. So um no. I'm glad we got that done. 
<laughs> but uh, anyway, the Zone 7 was our, our earlier launch product from last year. And I unusually cold, you know, first kind of week of November last year. And I sat so many days at seven degrees in that in that regular Zone 7. I was I was having to beef it up and um, and you know, push it to work at seven degrees. Um, it was, it's originally it was called the zone seven versus series versa being versatile, obviously. And it was, we kind of advertised it to work from, you know, kind of mid teens up into mid thirties. And it just, it, it just, the light went off that it was not, it, we needed something to be able to address 10 degrees, you know, and still not give up ability to, be functional at 35 degrees. And so that's why we did dialed in. Um, so it's a four layer. I can layer in that coat you have on kit, in my opinion. And, you know, moisture control is still the key to staying warm. I mean, I, it doesn't matter how good there is no magic button of a coat you can put on. If you're sweating yourself to death, walking into your stand, you're going to get yeah. cold, you know, and, but that coat, if you do, your due diligence on moisture control and you layer on, I can look anyone in the eye and say, you can sit, you can sit below zero on that coat. You know, it's going to take some layers, um, but it, it's, it'll go that far down. At the same time, I can wear that coat, like, you know, in this base layer, I'm heading to the tree stand here sometime um, in a bit and put that coat on and, and sit at 37 degrees, 40 degrees, and it still functions. So when you have a coat that, yeah, you got to add layering to it, but you know, it's going to go to from minus five to forty degrees. That's almost defying gravity in terms of hunting clothing. So, very well, proud I would about say, that. yeah. Sorry about that. I would say I'm sitting here in the studio, and I'm much like you. My favorite time of the year is right now until about you know April first. I don't yep. like summertime because I can't stand the bugs. I can't stand poison ivy. Yep. I don't like humidity. Uh, but that being said, I get cold easy yeah um so i'm the guy that's you know got the heater on and the guy next to me is burning up i'm i've had it on for two minutes and i can tell you i'm i'm warm um, yeah yeah so i can see where you, you what you're saying is true 100 percent agree with you and i think any hunter that's that, that, whether you, if you're not if you're just getting into hunting that's a great point with regards to trying to sit out there um, prolonged, especially in the cold is, is that moisture control and getting into your stand, you know, it's a, it's a, well, I mean, it's a, it's a more rigorous activity getting into your stand, walking in there, climbing exactly. up the tree yep. than when you're just sitting there. And so you have to be very diligent about that, especially when, I mean, you're in it, you're in Nebraska, we're in Kansas, the weather is similar. Um, we can have, well, I mean, today, I think here, well, yesterday, the high was uh, like high, 69, 70 degrees. But when I woke yes, up, sir. it was 39. So, yeah. you know, if you go sit in the stand an afternoon, you're going and it's 60, high 60s, low 70s, you're walking in. But by the time you get out of that stand, um, it's dropped 20, 25 degrees. Exactly. You know, that's a big yeah temperature difference, but, and, in you know, walking into your stand in the morning, it's cold, but then when you're walking out, you're, you know, you're sweating. So you got to definitely do your due diligence and that kind of stuff. But, um, absolutely. This definitely has that. Um, I do like the cuffs that you brought up. Um, Thank it, you. it's, it's got the uh, stretch. Simple. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, you, you'll see that with a lot of our stuff. It's not, we call it kind of critical function. I mean, we're, we're not building DeLoreans here and you don't well, need it. 
you know. It's so and, funny that you say that. So I just recently got at Shot Show last year. Um, there was a uh, a manufacturer that um, it's an optics manufacturer, um, and it's uh, actually it's Leupold, and they had some awesome um, gear, and it was just it, it wasn't necessarily hunting gear. It was just merchandise, really. Yep. And, but it was, I looked at it at first and I was like, man, that's real basic. It has the exact same cuff you're talking about. And so I, I actually got some of it cause I liked it so well. Um, and when I got it in at first, I was kind of like, well, the, the cuff kind of looks really basic and it looks like they really kind of cut a corner. Like, yeah. why didn't, you know, for this price point, why don't you spend a little extra? But then the more that I wore it and the more that I, uh, it's, it's my go-to jacket now. I mean, it's, yeah. I love it. It's awesome. Um, it's a lightweight jacket, you know, just one to throw on, but it has the yeah. very, very similar cuff to that. And so, you know, for the, for, if you're anything like me, for the listeners out there, if you're seeing this and you're like, well, how come it doesn't have that, you know, heavy duty neoprene cuff, um, that I can tell you from wearing not this jacket, but from one that has a similar cuff, very similar. Um, I actually prefer it yep. now. Um, you know, that, that, that I've actually had it. And I think it would have, it, it, it took me getting that jacket and, you know, wearing yeah. it to even try it. Cause otherwise I wouldn't have, because I was like, well, they, I feel like at this price point, they kind of cut a corner, but you didn't, it was, it's, yeah, it's for functionality. Right. 100%. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to pull out the other uh, piece of oh, yeah. the, the bibs. So, uh, do you have, you must have the bibs. Then yeah, I believe can... I have the bibs, but while I'm pulling that out, tell us the name. How, how'd you come up with code of science? Um, I mean, I, I think it kind of speaks for itself, but I want you to, to touch base on it if you would. Say say that again. Then how'd you come up with the name for the for your for your company, Code of Silence? You know, it's funny. I mean, it's I've I've named thousands of garments and products and technologies, you know, and it's funny, it's it's for me it's it's something that just sort of comes off your off your uh lips at some point, you know. And it just mm -hmm. um like the old country western sign, you know, it rolled off, you know, just one day it rolled off his lips or whatever. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, we were talking about code and, you know, that this discipline of, of, you know, only hunting in certain wind conditions and staying out of stands when the wind's not right and only checking trail cameras at night and sort of that, you know, we were calling it, you know, that discipline and how hard that was to maintain that discipline. And so, they, you know, it's just, it's a code of conduct. And, and then we were, you know, just somehow the conversation went to, to silence and we're talking about the same thing and, you know, to really sort of filtering your whole system to take every single point of noise out. And, and so it went from this, this code of conduct, code of discipline to silence. And then the, just the two joined together in conversation and said, you know, it's a code of silence and said, that's a pretty cool name. And well, there's, there, it's been used before in a couple of places. We didn't weren't aware of it at the time. I mean, there's a, there's an old movie that was called code of silence, but, um it's just stuck and but i will sort of point out that we we give a dual definition to silence um we use both the the audible side and then what we call visual silence um which is you if you read our on our website we talk about the visual silence which is what we talked about so much earlier yeah so for us even though silence makes it sound like we're just about an audible company that dual meaning really brings in the the uh, the concealment side, which we're super passionate about. So I don't know if anyone's ever heard of the term visual silence, but um, I, I think it's very descriptive of that total drab, total, total neutral 
philosophy that um, that we touched on earlier. Yeah. So I just got the bibs out. These are the uh, the uh, Zone Seven dialed in bibs um, that that I've got in front of me. Um, same fill of quality quality fill as the the parka. Um, very. So, go ahead. There's oh there's you know I I can't help myself you know I kind of jump forward. Sorry if I'm Absolutely. interrupting you, but you know one of the features I'm proud of and it's on our bibs and it's on all of our pants, but there's a um, there's a leg panel down there below and a, kind of a, a secondary fabric. And, you know, it's sort of, so many down, people are down here sort of one way or another. You know, you're, uh, I don't know if you say it's Ford Chevy or what, but, you know, a lot of guys, particularly in a colder weather product, you know, are, are putting that putting that leg pant over their boots. But if you're a scent control rubber boot freak, kind of like I am, you, you want to tuck your, your, your bibs or your pants in. It's a little yes. harder in that bib than most, but because we took that fabric out and that stretch panel allows us to taper the lower cuff, make it smaller. So you can, let me say this more concisely, that stretch panel allows that cuff to go over the top of boots, but it also allows us to make the cuff of the, of the, the lower leg of the bib small enough that you can tuck it into boots if you want to. So well, super simple. Again, I mean, it's not a DeLorean door or anything like that. It's a, it's just a, a stretch panel and a leg that takes out material that gives it versatility. One thing it would, it would it'll also do is, um, again, from from being in a place in Kansas where the temperatures change drastically, mud. I mean, we yeah. can go from you know you walk in and you're walking on ice or you know moisture, and then when you're walking out or vice versa. Um, it's muddy. And so if you don't yeah. have your pant tucked in this area here between your, you know, between your ankles, around your ankles, if you will, the inside of your ankles tends to grab a bunch of, of mud. If you, you know, yeah. and, and, and accumulate there, um, especially when you're wearing this, this fleece type of product, um, you know, in the wind that you have to wear in the winter, you know, to, to stay warm. Um, and so that's also an additional benefit that, I, I would, you know, when I pulled it out first, that's the first thing I said, oh, that's nice. It's going to have that, that, yep. you know, ability to, to help with that, that exactly. issue, you know, when it, when it presents itself like that. Um, it also, you know, for, again, to describe it for the listeners out there, um, it's got the, the, the zip, the zipper on the front is a dual zipper. So you can zip it up to the top. And then also for that moisture control and for keeping cool when, you know, you're walking in and out, you can open it up and let air get in there for yep. breathability has the same thing on the hips. It looks like over here on the, on the hips. So you yeah, can, those are you, full length YKK leg zippers, two way leg zippers. Yes. So, um, you can, you know, as we said, I mean, so much about moisture control is not what, you know, that's, that's unless it's like crazy cold, you know, that's not a bib you want to walk in real far in obviously. And you know how hard it is to put, clothing over the top of boots and nobody wants to take boots off and mm -hmm. and hop around in your socks out there in the dark and trying to get your, your pants back you know your 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 clothes on and your and your boots back on and that uh, half half length leg zippers that come to your knee are just a a, a a waste you know they just they're they're they don't work you need full length leg zippers to be able to go over the top of boots and um, so it, it's expensive to do that, but it's part of functionality. And the other thing, and I'll be honest, I mean, I very, um, very fair, I guess. And 
you know, our stuff obviously is, you know, if you're in bad burrs, it's not the best stuff in the world. You know, it's pretty um, burr unfriendly. And these full length leg zippers on our pants and on our bibs give you a chance to, you know, wear something else in and then put these on when you're 100 yards out, which is probably what you're doing if you're trying to avoid sweating up anyway. No, is that going to be helps mitigate the, you know, you get beggars lice a lot in your country, you know, and um, stick tights, you know, that type of, and they're, and they're bad. And I understand it. It wasn't like we were naive and all we didn't know. I mean, but we can't get that light reflectance and the warmth and the quietness. And so it's a, it's a balance kit, but that's exactly where I was going to go with that is, is that, you know, if, if you're going with what you already, you know, the foundation of what it sounds like with what you were, when you were going in to build this is the natural absorbance of light, which again, we've already talked about that. It absolutely makes sense to me. Um, I don't know the science of it, but it it absolutely makes 100% sense. I'm glad you brought that up because again, I've never tried this stuff on. One of the questions I have is, is where's, how does it function and how does it work with, with burrs? It doesn't, yep. but and you, you know, good. I mean, I'll but, be honest, it's, but it's, you're going to give up that if, and, and the other thing is if you know that when you're buying it and you know yep. that when you're wearing it, then you don't have to have that, you know, you buyer beware. So it's like, we, you know, you were told up front or, you know, up front that yep. wear something different to get in and out there. And we all have something. Um, yep. and, and as you said, this here is not, and I would agree with you, this is not something unless it's just bone chilling, cold, like cold to the point that this stuff here that I have in front of me, uh, to, to put it into perspective for the listener. If, if you don't have 180 inch plus deer, you're not wearing this in to the stand yeah. that, you know, you're going to put it on yeah. when you get there. It, it's, yeah. it's going to be, yeah. you know, walking into the stand, I mean, unless you've got a, you know, a, a hundred yard walk, yeah, but if exactly. you're walking, yeah. if you're walking, you know, a quarter, half mile, or, you know, I've got a stand that's a mile walk. Um, and, and if yeah. you're not, you're not wearing this stuff, um, yeah. into there, you know, and you're not, and we could get yeah. into a whole, you know, another, I, I will say like last week, I mean, I broke sort of all my own moisture control rules because it was 45 degrees. I'm still hunting in the, the little sister of this program, the regular zone seven, which I can hunt six, seven, eight degrees in that stuff. It was 45 out and I was still wearing it last week. And I mean, it didn't really matter. I didn't, I could sweat up and it was warm enough out that it wasn't an issue trying to stay warm, you know, and, but if you were trying I, I to wear, wear, unless it's cold, you know, I, I might wear my stuff in, but right. yeah, every day is different, which is what's cool about the sport, you know? Yeah. So uh, I'm assuming that, this natural sticking with obviously everything that you built that you're building the, the the built and have built it up to this point and continue to build upon it's all going to have this natural feel so that that one negative attribute to it is going to be um universal across the the entire line that you're going to have the issue potentially with with the burrs and stuff like that even if it's the the little sister of this one is that correct i'm smiling a little bit but um so you know, I've kind of become a student of this light absorbance and light and the texture is definitely um, benefits that a lot. Mm-hmm. But I mean, believe me, you're going to see some pictures I have with the white coat on in laboratories with light, with spectrophotometers. And we have, there's a science behind this. You can get acceptable results in a flatter fabric in light absorbance. And so at least I'm what I'm going with this is in 24, we've got some products that and you're going to be pretty cool. So that's my next, 
um, the next question, yep. and I was going to put you on the spot, and you're leading right into it, so thanks for the soft toss. But is, um, you know, right now for this right here, it's going to, you know, this is the cold stuff. And yep, unfortunately, exactly. yeah, unfortunately with uh, the forecast that we have that we're looking at right now here in Kansas, um, I mean, I think the coldest the coldest high that I have in my 10-day forecast is uh, in the 50s. Um, so this stuff's going to be, you know, right on the edge, if not too much to be wearing, um, in there, you've got, um, you know, other stuff coming down the line, or you've got other options that are out there, uh, again, to try and inform the, the listeners that are yeah. out there. Uh, I'm such a lead with my face guy. I'm really passionate as you just, you know, experienced in this whole call. And I've seen so many clothes. And again, I'm not patting ourselves on the back. There's a lot. I could sit here all day and tell you a couple deficiencies that I wish we'd have done this better, this different. All in all, it's great clothing. It works really, really well. But I'm trying to tee up the fact that I'm not going to exaggerate. But this kind of breakthrough we had on this kind of midweight stuff, I had that. I finally got that clothing in yesterday. Jamie Dykeman, my key right-hand person, um, would normally be sitting here. She she substitute. She volunteered teaches at school, so she's out of here today. But um, we got these samples in, and it was it was literally we were hugging each other yesterday. After thirty five plus years in the industry, this was the neatest clothing I've ever seen in my life. Awesome. Well, I mean, and it's a midweight, highly versatile, flatter. Got it all going on. And that's awesome. That's exciting. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And it's, it's, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's, it's not like, oh my gosh, it's like nothing you've ever seen. It's just perfection in about five different fronts that all came together as wins. It's still a wool composition face. Um, it's a windproof. It's very uh, stretchy. It is, it is stuff you could wear layering, active hunting. I'm going to wear an animal pond. I'm going to wear a ramen hunting. I'm going to wear it underneath my clothes that you have on in the deal. It's, it's like, uh, we're super proud of it. And, and again, I'm not trying to sell it. I, I'm excited for people to have better experiences. If there's one thing that makes me tick and I go, if I can make someone smile and have better experiences that I can, I'll, I'll die a happy man. So. Yeah. And that's again, you know, coming full circle from when we first started uh, the conversation today uh, here on the podcast is that, you know, it's not all about, you know, the money. It's not all about winning. It's, you know, what it's helping other people along the way. And if you do that, then it all just, it all comes together. It really and does. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what so, else do you want, you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, well, what's the saying? Money, money doesn't buy happiness. Um, yeah. They don't, they don't put luggage racks on hearses. Right. You know I mean? Right. Yeah. And, and I also like that, you know, money don't buy happiness. Money can't buy happiness, but, and also money, uh, what is the other one? Money, uh, uh, money, money isn't everything, whatever. But I always like to say money, money can't buy happiness, but it can sure make a good down payment on a good time. <laughs> you know I mean? Like, yeah. don't get me wrong. Like you still, yeah, exactly. you know, if, you, yeah, if you got a couple bucks in your pocket. The, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So <clears throat> we've talked in depth about camo the, the, the code of silence, um, stuff. I'm excited for you. I'm excited, um, for everything that you're, you know, that you're doing and, and it, you know, the way that you're going about it and coupling that with your experience, man, I think, uh, I mean, I think you got the right thing going. Um, I appreciate that. Let's, let's, we've talked a lot about your, your experience with regards to, 
the business side and the and the camo and the, the development. I mean, tell us about your hunting side of it to 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 kind of <laughs> to fill in the void, if you will, because obviously I know you're itching to get in a tree stand, but let's talk about that just for a few minutes. Well, I've um, you know been um, ate up with it since I was you know old enough to crawl. I think you know and never could get enough of it. And, uh, whether it's, I mean, I have as much fun shed hunting um, in the spring and. And then I've shot turkeys. I told you earlier, you know, I just, um, I'm getting old enough get where I have, I, I started accumulating points. I've had two moose tags in the last three years. I had one in Colorado in 2021, and I just drew another tag in, in Idaho this year. So I've, I've killed two nice bulls and I've had a mountain goat tag a couple of years ago, sheep tag, That's awesome. but I started, you know, I've, I've, I've got 25, 30 points in a lot of different species in a lot of different States. And that didn't come cheap and it took a lot of time. And, um, but, uh, you know, that's, that's, a, that's kind of new to my file of, of hunting. You know, I, I, I just shot an antelope, I uh, shot a beautiful antelope buck on Friday. It was off a of windmill, Western Nebraska. I've probably killed more antelope with my bow than I have whitetails actually. Um, that's cool. And love it all. And um, I'm <laughs> not very happy inside most of the time. I got to be inside, but I don't know if that's right. where you're going with it. But I, well, no, I it, just was trying to get for the listeners out there and for the, you know, the person that, that is, you know, potentially looking at, at this camo at, um, yeah. you know, where does your experience and where does it come from? And how did, you know, who is this guy? I mean, Grant, you obviously got that on the business side. Um, yeah. I know just from talking to you, um, just on here and the, you know, five minutes we spoke before we got started recording, um, you know, you're itching to go sit in a tree stand so I can relate it's, to that. It's, it's funny. I mean, one thing I will say and, and goes go kind of back to what you were saying. And I mean, I had great stories about when I first cut my teeth bow hunting and I mean, I, I didn't have anyone to help me. I, I bought a Kodiak bear Kodiak mag for 129 bucks at Duke sporting goods, Carney, Nebraska in 1984 and bear razor heads and 2117 Easton's and well, you went, you know, and uh, I didn't have anybody to show me and that's fine. You know, I just, this is some of the dumb things you did. And, oh, and yeah. One of the things that really stuck in my mind the last 10 years, I froze my beep off and um, I, you know, it seemed like it was colder back then to me, I guess. It used to seem like it snowed all the time and it was colder, mm-hmm. but um, you know, I spent so much time trying to kill deer at five and 10 degrees and, and literally just miserable. And I almost feel like I'm, I, I can't wait for it to get cold because it's like, I feel like I'm getting even, you know, I know how to do it. And it's almost a hunt in itself to, to go for me to go sit for an entire day at five below. Uh, I, I'm very, you know, satisfied that I can do that. I have that just kind of like the backcountry guy, you know, the guy that goes, the backcountry and lives um, lives for a week and everything he has in their pack and and has that you know cutting the corners off maps and um, that guy you know mm-hmm. I'm kind of that guy on the cold um, that I have that arsenal and that approach that not only allows me to do it but to do it um, comfortably and so I think a lot of that though just goes back to getting even with all those years of literally freezing my bleep again off you know. Yeah, I can relate to that. I, yeah, man, I, I learned, you know, I, just like you, I learned hunting. Mine was getting stuff from Walmart, you know, um, yeah. you know, a little town and we didn't have anything that was, you know, Walmart was our closest thing. 
And well, you know, I think we're all on social media or we all, you know, have cell phones and you get those, you get those, uh, you get those posts that say, Hey, if you're old enough to remember this, you know, give me a like. And I was laughing with my mom. I was down in Huntington Kearney and my mom's still that person that gets up and got coffee on when I'm trying to get ready when I stay at her house, when I hunt down there. And, uh-huh. and I said, you know, I, I need to have this post that says, if you're old enough to remember your mom putting rainbow red sacks over your feet, absolutely. you know, you know uh, yes. give this one a like. And it, she was that mom when I was that kid. And, yes. Um, that was that era. Yeah. The rubber boots from Walmart and the yeah. four, five yeah. pairs of just tube socks that were, you know, <laughs> not hunting socks bread and socks over the top and yeah. bread socks in between two pairs. So that way that they yeah. stayed and they were, yeah. And it was the most, it's, it's hard to believe, but they didn't have Ziploc bags back then. You know, they just, <sighs> they weren't around and, and, and they, they worked uh, not very well. <laughs> I think it was more just for, thought or something i, don't know, I think so too yeah yeah we we grew well i grew up um in our house my dad um we didn't i didn't even know that we had a furnace in the house we had a, a wood-burning stove and until uh-huh. i moved out that's when he finally lit the light the pilot light and i was like what the you mean this whole time out there i didn't think that furnace worked and you know he's like whenever you know whenever the the the, the son who you know carried the wood in and helped split yeah. it not that he didn't you know at all but but uh, yeah, we you know so I can remember so many memories of sitting in front of that wood burning play, fireplace with my feet propped up, you know, and then the the stinging of the of the yeah. you know, burning of it, of your circulation oh, yeah. coming back, and then it was still you reach down, you feel it, and you're like, oh god, it's still so cold. You put it up there, and you're like, oh, it hurts, and you know, then two hours later, you're back out trying to you know get back at it again. Totally exactly. can relate to that, exactly. and wouldn't. Yeah trade it for anything best memories awesome and that's what got us to where we are exactly. sitting here today talking about technology and 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 how blessed we are to be living in this country and be able to have these opportunities in front of us so and we it's really just, are. i mean it's you know it's um i mean every word of that when i say it it's not about you know anything else but just being humble about there's so much negativity out there and i just shake my head is yeah perspective i have is it's like no other country on earth and probably they'll never recreate what we have yeah Yeah. so to to wrap this thing up i'm 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 assuming it would be safe to say that there is um obviously next year 2024 for code of silence and then also moving forward from there there's lots of expansion lots of additional products coming and it's not um going to be just pigeonholed into just um Right. The, the stuff that we have sitting here in front of us. Exactly. You know, I mean, I, I think, you know, we want to be, it goes back to what I said earlier about, you know, solution based and, and having that, you know, enabler. Well, it's really hard. You know, that's just a limited deliverable on our end. If we're, if all we are is outerwear and it was really hard to figure out, it'd be really easy to print all the lighter weight fabrics in the world. I could have that done in my sleep. 12 months ago, you know, but to deliver on a light, ref- on that light reflectance, which we're, that's not, it's our story. We believe in it. Um, and, but to deliver that in a knit fabric, knit fabrics and lightweight are just, they're pajamas. And so finding a way to stabilize it to where it was, you know, uh, performance oriented, durable, had high memory and still, you know, just did what it needed to do in, in lighter weights and midweights was a huge puzzle. 
Um, as many things I've done, that was something I could not make work. And I think we got it though. So we're excited about it. So we'll have a base layer, next skin, we'll have mid layers. We actually have some layering garments so I'm gonna have on here in a little bit. And, um, and then put that inside of our outerwear. It's pretty cool, comprehensive system. We do have the backpacks. I don't know if you've seen those yet, Kip, but excited about um, our solution-based backpacks we have right now. I've never done a pack. I and we had a lot of requests saying, how, how can we don't do, you know, you're, you're so quiet, wish you do a quiet backpack. We said, oh, let's do a quiet backpack. Uh, we just started out doing a kind of run-of-the-mill backpack using our fabrics and said, it's got to be more than that. What's the biggest issue we have? And it's kind of hard to understand. It's, it's simple once you understand it, but our uh, rattling antler carrying system in the backpack is off the charts cool. It's highly effective doesn't sacrifice, you know, doesn't make you sacrifice any of the capacity of your pack and still carries antlers really, really quietly or whatever you want. It works, saddle guys are using a lot, um, carrying gear, same system. Um, camera guys, I got all my camera stuff in the pack I'll carry tonight. I've got a full camera system plus my antlers, plus my stuff I'm going in on. And uh, That's excellent. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, man, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it having you come on here um well, I'm actually like a jabber i as you can no, tell man. Windy and, uh, no no not at all i mean i'm actually a really quiet guy <laughs> um <laughs> you you might ride to tulsa with me sometime and i won't say two words but you start talking about camo and i can't shut up and, well uh, so you I saw mean, the, the chatty side of Ev. that's the that's i mean obviously it's your passion it clearly comes across yeah. um i can honestly say when we started this podcast it was there was zero intention of making it um, 100% talking about camo, but, um, because I would tell you, there's no way to make it that, that to, to keep it interesting, but I've been very interested throughout the entire process. Um, just a minute ago, I was grabbing this here, putting it in against looking, cause we obviously we're in the studio, we've got these lights and I was looking and this is just a normal, you know, like you said, a Browning underlayer, um, yeah. you know, synthetic material. And I'm looking at it against this and I'm like, you know, I can, I can truly see the shine off of this, but there is no shine off that. Um, and so, you know, again, I totally expected for us to get in and talk way more about hunting uh, than I did about camo. But through the entire process, um, this by no means was a plug for you guys. But I think it kind of speaks volumes to the, um, you know, to the to the quality of the stuff that I just pulled out of a box. And and uh, I, I, I'm super excited to see where it's going to go um, for our well, listeners out there. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. For our listeners out there, again, it's Code of Silence. Um, you guys are. um Yep. You got your website. Go to, to silence.com and have some great retailers. Um, you know, Kip being one of those people. So yeah. Um, yeah. We're so. just starting, just in the starting process of it. And um, um, you're on social media. I'm sure they can find yep. you on the, the social media, different social media pages. So absolutely. Um, if, yep. One, for, one last, you know, kind of point I wanted to make and, and I'm not, again, not trying to sell things. I, I had some great mentors and some great leaders and, just was involved with a great culture through my career at Cabela's. And I mean, I was just at Jim Cabela's uh, 86th birthday party about 10 days ago and saw some of the old crew and Jim was still there. And I got to meet Jim in 80, 1987, Jim Cabela without knowing it was Jim Cabela. That's another story I'll share with you yeah. sometimes. Really cool. Um, but Jim, uh, Jim being one of the people that was, you know, one of my mentors, but I mean, he was just like, I mean, I had Jim come in my office, you know, we had margin goals and you're always trying to get more margin. And Jim had come in and say, you know, 
129.95, that's too much. And um, he was always about, still is, about value. And and our pricing, you might look at our products and go, well, it can't be as good as that brand. It's it's half the price. And we didn't cut out, we didn't set out to cut anybody's price in half. Or um, we just really said, hey, if we roll up our sleeves and everybody wears a lot of hats and, and we keep our overhead down and we use our, again, kind of the, the, the blessing, the blessed exposure I had to the manufacturing side of my career. And so, I mean, these fabrics are fabrics we developed, the camos, uh, stuff we developed, the designs are our designs or, um, you know, we have a gal that lives down the street from me that does our, our brochures and we fight really hard to keep our costs down so we can keep yeah. our retail prices down. And yeah, Again, that's America to me, and um, well, competition. Yeah, and we could probably charge more than we do, and uh, I can raise my prices if, if people. Sometimes people go, "It can't be that good of quality. It's it's not a high enough price." And I'm like, "Well, I can raise the price if you want me to. It's, if you want to pay more, yeah. it make you feel better." But um, yeah. I'm teasing, but it's we're going to be very value oriented. So, yeah, no, I I like I said. I try to keep, we, we try to keep everything full disclosure here. Um, we're well, another thing that we're getting ready to start is doing a bunch of, um, reviews and, um, doing different products. Um, we just, uh, filmed one for, um, an ED, our, our opinion on an EDC flashlight. Um, well, I'm, I'm nice. want to talk, talk to you about, you know, off camera, but I want to talk to you about, you know, doing one for this stuff. Want to be sure. full disclosure, you know, what we paid for, what we got for free, all of that stuff while we're doing them. Um, but just pulling it out and just touching it, um, I, it, it looks to have the same quality as those other awesome. big name. And, yeah. uh, and, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm super excited to see where this thing goes. And, and, uh, you know, I, I well, think you're, you. you're going to be, you know, I think you're going to be, be, uh, have it, have success. And I think it's going to be a great thing. I really do. Well, uh, I, I appreciate from, it. From you know, the first touch. Really, it's it, funny and, and keep saying last words, but, you know, I've heard a lot of comments made in the last five years, particularly that said, you know, shops that are the, you know, kind of the specialty shops, you know, they can't sell clothing. And as you heard today, there's such a story to be told that we really see that as a huge opportunity for a week and win. And then at the same time, because it's a unique product that is solution based where, you know, the, the specialty shops um, that I grew up buying from, I, I mentioned Duke Sporting Goods, Carney Nebraska, you know, that that they can be successful too. We see it, we see um, kind of the middle guy, you know, as being mm-hmm. really integral to what we're doing. And at the same time, we hope that that is something that they can win on as well. And I mean that authentically. That's not just bullshit trying to sound like I'm, you know. No, that's doing the right thing. Um, and we've had some shops that are, you know, told us they couldn't sell clothing that are like, wow, this is really working for us. So we're yeah, excited, we're excited for sure. Yep. So again, for our listeners, Code of Silence, uh, you can find them on uh, the website and you can also find them, um, you know, on social media. And, uh, you know, for our listeners out there, if you've enjoyed the podcast, we greatly appreciate you listening. But um, if you could be so kind as to go in and like and comment and share, um, obviously we've said it before and, uh, we just had an experience this week um, because we're 2A, because we're dealing firearms. Um, you know, the social media uh, 
companies don't like us. So the only way that we grow is organically through our listeners and you guys sharing and, and liking and, and commenting on uh, everything. So we greatly appreciate that. We're on all the different social media pages as well. And uh, we greatly appreciate everybody taking their time to sit here and listen to us talk about camouflage. It's uh, I'm, I'm excited for you, man. So, okay. Hey, thanks a lot, Kip. It's you been bet, great. No problem. So I greatly appreciate Ev and uh, I'm yeah. Kip Etter from the Pattern String Studio in downtown Wellington, Kansas. Thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you again.